Support for the Couples Council comes from Mercia Wellness and Consulting. Their purpose is to equip you with the right skills for a happy and healthy relationship. Services available in office or virtual. Schedule your consultation now. For more information, visit MerciaWellness.com. Mercia Wellness and Consulting, small steps, big changes. This podcast is not a substitute for therapy. Please consult a licensed professional for your mental health needs. Now, now on, on with, with the, the show. show. I'm Herdeen Mercier, a.k.a. <laughs> okay. Hi, I'm Herdeen Mercier, a.k.a. the Wife Mentor, creator of Wife Events. Welcome to another episode of the Couples Council, episode number eight. But before we continue with this episode, I would like to introduce you to my amazing husband, Dr. Jameson Mercier. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Um, yes, we're back, and we're only laughing because we're having some jokes here. Um, if only you knew what's happening behind these microphones. Today we're talking about marriage killers, and it's not a laughing matter. It's not a laughing matter. There are some things in your marriage that will just take the air out of it. Yes, babe? No, right, babe? No, babe. No? You didn't even ask me about my weekend. Oh, my bad. <laughs> my bad. Okay, okay. Stop. No, 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 no. It's okay. Stop. How was, how was, tell, tell me, babe. <laughs> tell me, how was your weekend? My weekend was amazing. I went to a women's retreat with my cousins and my sister. We went away for the weekend. And, um, and if you go back and you listen to episode number two, I believe, Meet the Wife Mentor. That would be episode one. Episode number one, Meet Her Dean Mercier, the Wife Mentor. And one of the things of my wifey success pillar is talking about um, refill, the importance of refilling and what that means as wives to make sure we make time for ourselves and refill our cup. On a personal level or spiritual level. And so that's what you did this weekend? Yes. We went to the Joyce Myers um, event in Tampa, Florida. Um, and that was really nice. So in other words, you left me all alone with four kids. Yes. And like a boss, I held it down. Yes, you did. The house didn't burn down. It was quite in order when I came back. You always do your thing. I'm confident about leaving you with the kids and going to work on me. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So she came back. She <laughs> she she didn't leave. She didn't, she wasn't gone forever. <laughs> um and she's back better. Yes. You know, not only do women and wives benefit from these things, but as a husband, as a partner in this endeavor, you too benefit when your partner comes back rejuvenated and refilled yeah and then the kids get to spend time with their dad and they feel so special because they have him all to themselves and I have a chance to kind of go in and do that internal work um that internal work is what keeps me going um and making sure that I am the best me first then the best wife, then the best mother and sister and all the many titles that I carry. But most importantly is me. Am I doing the best that I can for me to make sure I'm thriving? 
Okay. Any, 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 anything interesting? Any girls topics? No, just kidding. Don't answer that. <laughs> Don't answer that. Back to our episode. Today is a very interesting episode because we'll be talking about marriage killers. Now, when you hear marriage killers, what do you come to mind for you, honey? Oh, just some things you want to avoid. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's people. Sometimes, you know, the, the, the kind of people that just be trying to get in mess your stuff up sometimes it's situations you know sometimes it's circumstances that you find yourselves in that you need to avoid but today we're going to address three specific things well let me clarify because oftentimes we find couples that come into the office and they're trying to avoid a certain conversation this is not the topic we're trying to have today like you, there are some situations or certain topics you cannot avoid, right? Oh, I agree. So, just that's some sidebar. Put that in your your memory of not everything you can avoid. So the things that you don't want to avoid, you have to find some way of having those conversations because if you don't really look at them, it can cause some havoc in your relationship. Yeah. So there are a couple different ways to receive this episode um, and this is kind of what Herdine and I were um, trying to sort out so we'll just let you receive it the best way for you the first way you can receive this episode is if you are a married couple if you are someone in a committed relationship okay you will hear these things a certain way and you will have to address them within your marriage Now, the other way is if you are someone who's not married, maybe you're single, maybe you're like single as in just unmarried, but in a relationship, Mm -hmm. that is the best time to have the conversation we're having now. There is never too late, but ideally you want to have this conversation before you get married. So if you're in either one of those situations and your partner's nearby, maybe you want to grab them or play it when you guys are in the car. Um, that way no one can escape. No. But uh, Or try to avoid. Right. <laughs> These are conversations you want to have. Okay? So, ready to dive in? Ready. So, one marriage killer. And, oh, and by the way, right? These are things that we fear. Okay. So that's the preface to all of these. There, there are things that we fear that can kill your marriage. And, and when you say fear, honey, like oftentimes when I think about fear, I think about something scary, something you really don't want to talk about, something you you just want to avoid. Sometimes you put these blinders on to really not see that that is an issue because you're afi- you're afraid of the outcome of saying this is the truth that we actually sit in in this relationship. Yeah, we're afraid of these things because... Even though we even though they've not happened in our minds, we think that it's going to be bad. Right. We've already said to ourselves that I'm afraid of this because it's just going to be bad. I don't know what it is. And you think about the 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 worst outcome. Mm -hmm. You just you don't think about the positive. You don't think about you just think about the worst outcome. Yeah. And so we almost kind of create the boogeyman in our own minds. Yes. But again, today's episode is to help you get some clarity um, and to dispel some of these ideas 
and then be able to identify and begin to ask yourself, are there some things that you're afraid of and having and afraid to talk about in your in your marriage or your relationship? Yeah. Regardless of where you are on this spectrum, single Mm -hmm. or already married. All right. So the first one is a fear of commitment. Mm. Fear of commitment. Now, some of you are in relationships. Some of you know people in relationships. And these relationships have gone on for a long time. Or you've been single for a long time because of this fear of commitment. As a matter of fact, this whole idea of commitment is it's interesting when we think of a commitment. Um, a lot of people have this this idea that it's going to be this one person forever. And they don't see that as a good thing, because if they did, number one, they wouldn't be afraid of it. Right. They see this fear of commitment as oh my God, will I be able to, do I even want to? Or do I have what it takes to make a lifetime commitment to an individual for the rest of my life? And so that begins to have you experience everything that fear brings about, anxiety, maybe depression, Mm. maybe worry, overthinking. And so fear brings about all of these things And when you talk about commitment, commitment is a big, big step. Yep. Now, the fear of commitment, believe it or not, that is actually not the problem. That is actually a sign that you're actually taking this seriously. And, and there's a fear. There's a difference between being afraid of commitment versus being afraid to commit with this specific person. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's get clear on that. If I'm afraid of commitment, that's one thing. If I'm afraid to commit to her dean, or I'm afraid to commit to Bob, that is indicative of something completely different. What is wrong with her dean? What what do I think of her dean? Or what do you think of Bob or Susan that you are afraid to commit to them? What is that about? We're not talking about uh, years ago, uh, cell phone contracts used to be two years Mm -hmm. showing our age. I don't know if you remember. And some people hated that. And they thought that, oh, my God, two years. But guess what? Nowadays, there's no contracts and you've been with the same provider maybe two, three, four, five, ten years. Probably ten years. I think we've been with our provider for over ten years. They keep treating us good. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there's a difference between commitment altogether. You won't commit to anything regardless of whom or what versus afraid to commit to your partner. Why? What do you see? What have you heard? What do you wonder? What's coming up for you? Mm-hmm. And I think oftentimes people that are afraid to commit oftentimes have a skewed view of what commitment is. Like, um, for example, they may think it's the carrying that load of being a husband or carrying that load of being a wife 
turn parents they that may give them this Ugh, you know what I like all the benefits that I'm getting from my spouse right now I just don't want to carry the title because the title is just so heavy and I don't know how to define it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so sometimes be sitting with your spouse and say hey you know what let's examine what do you believe commitment is yeah, in a relationship to, you want to get clear of what this commitment will look like because you may be completely wrong and afraid for no reason. That is true. So the first thing is a fear of commitment and you want to get clear. Is it a fear of commitment in general or is this a fear of committing to your partner? Number two, some people have this fear of getting hurt. A fear of being hurt. Now, we were talking about this earlier. And under this umbrella of hurt, you can talk about a fear of being disappointed, being let down. Babe, you were talking about unmet expectations. Yes. Oftentimes, what leads to divorce is not having a clear conversation of what my expectations are of my partner or what my expectations are of myself as a wife in a relationship. So unmet expectations, especially if you do not know how to verbalize what you want from your spouse or what you need from your spouse or what you want from yourself can lead to, I feel resentment. I don't understand. I don't have a clear cut vision of what this relationship is bringing me. I feel a sense of emptiness. Mm. You know, there's no worse feeling to be married, but then feel alone. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, oftentimes you really, really, really have to have enriched conversations about what are your expectations and what do I want from you? For example, Jameson being the 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 man of our of our house, there are some expectations that I want from him. I need from him. I need for him to be able to say, I got you financially. Mm. I need for him to say, I, I, I like my expectation is you're going to be an active father. You know, we went into this relationship. Those were some of my ground rules. You had to want to be a father and not just be a father, but be a present father. What expectations are you um, willing to commit to and have those conversations? Now, fear of being hurt, being let down, these fears of unmet expectation. I can tell you right now. Get over this fear because those things, there's a high likelihood that they will happen. It will happen. Just expect it. Don't be afraid of it, but have a plan for it. This this fear of getting hurt, what we try to do is we try to avoid at all costs. Not hurting the spouse. Or protecting ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. We try to find a way to keep ourselves from, from being, being hurt. hurt. So you're really not taking heed of what the relationship can offer. You you have no idea. Yeah. There's no way you can fully love your spouse if you're trying to protect yourself at the same time. 
There's you no say, way. Well, Dr. J, I got to protect myself. I don't want to be hurt or her dean. You're not. Are you really speaking for the wives here? I think in any relationship, you are bound to be hurt. Your mom is bound to hurt you. Your dad is bound to hurt you. Um, your friends are bound to hurt you. Your spouse is bound to hurt you. And your children are bound to hurt you. Some way or somehow, they are bound to hurt you. It may not be intentional. It may not be intentional. They may not be doing it on purpose, but maybe they had a bad day. Maybe they said something that wasn't supposed to be said. But the beauty about relationships and that you're making a true commitment to it, you're able to say, you know what? You hurt me. Mm -hmm. And your spouse is able to look at that or anybody around you and all the number of relationships that you're in, whether it's being a mother, a daughter, a sister, a friend, you're able to go back and say, oh, my God, I did hurt you. Yeah. Let's talk about that because that wasn't my intention. Yeah. And, and that's the key right there. You know, when we talk about fear of being hurt, we assume that this guy or this girl they're going to like dog you or they're going to like steal your money or they're just they're going to do all kinds of crazy things to you. It isn't always intentional. It is not always intentional. Sometimes it is, but not always. And so if you put it in your mind that when two people come together, they will hurt each other. You're already ahead of a lot of people because now you can prepare yourself for that growing together, right? Hurting someone doesn't mean you should not be together. It's just a part of being in a marriage. You know, they say we hurt the ones we love. Hmm. We hurt the ones we love. Not always intentional, but it happens. All right. Last one, last one, and this is big for a lot of people. This last one is a fear of change. Mm. Fear of change. Now, the only constant thing in this world, well, I, can, I don't know if I can say the only, I can say one constant thing because lots of things are constant, is change. Change will happen. Change is bound to happen. And there's beauty in change. When you look at the seasons, people oftentimes, I love living up north because I see all the seasons. Yeah. Change, you know? change happens every day. Yeah. Every moment. Constantly changing. The plans you have today may very well not be the plans you have tomorrow. tomorrow. And then when you change and adjust, Guess what? You may need to change again. You probably will. And it may be due to reasons beyond your control. Now, in a marriage, you know, we often hear couples complain. Oh, I don't know who you are. You've changed. And guess what the other spouse say? Well, so have you. Or, and you haven't. So there, it can go both ways. But what I'll tell you about change is change is that ability to, I always say evaluate. Change is not necessarily a bad thing. It's how you view it in that season. Yeah. Well, the and reason, 
Go ahead. No, go ahead. The reason we think of change being bad is because we don't know how things will change, right? It's this fear of the unknown, you know? Um, the, a conversation I have with a lot of people is there's the known knowns, right? You, there's the knowing what you know, and there's the known unknowns, and there's the things you know you don't know. But the scary piece is the unknown unknown mm, that's a, a lot of unknowns honey right so it's true that you know that there are some things you don't know but guess what there's also some things you don't know that you don't know you don't know and when we can begin to wrap our head around that you know we have no choice but to accept that there are just some things we just can't do a damn thing about but you know i'm a listener out here and i'm hearing you talk about all of these unknowns and un un unknowns give me some examples from my relationship that i can actually see what the unknown is what is that dr j all right well for example you get married and you decide you're gonna live your life you know either in certain careers in a certain part of the country and you buy a house and you begin to settle into that. Now, if you live along the eastern seaboard, lo and behold, a hurricane comes and just blows your house away. And guess what you have to do now? You have to relocate. That is a big and drastic change. That is huge. And some people recover from that and some people struggle their whole lives to come back from that i think the struggle comes from the dream that they had about living on that coast the dreams about they had they probably already envisioned the kids playing in the yard they probably already envisioned the christmas parties the halloween parties thanksgiving the vision of being at that location makes it very scary to now want to change to something unknown oh yeah 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 and the thing is people once they get settled somewhere a lot of people don't want to then have to pick up and start all over okay then dr j if i am that individual how do i begin to reprogram my vision or press the restart button on what i thought it would be well in in a situation like that where you're now forced to change one of the first things you have to do is recognize that the initial plan that that is gone and for some people that is a hard pill to swallow you have to mourn that dream that you know yes it's hard it's it's a dream you had and i don't know if i'm ready to put that dream six feet under yeah well the fact of the matter is it may already be gone. Like the house is already blown down or the career, the job might be gone already. You know, let me let me give you an even more concrete, perhaps a, a bit more morbid. Sometimes if we lose a child, all the plans that we had for this child, we, ha- we grieve those plans along with the child, mm-hmm. right? And so it takes time. It takes time. But if we are, if we remain in that, this place of these original plans, 
we never really step into the possibilities, the future. We, it's impossible to move forward if you're stuck in the past. And what we're saying is not for you to quickly grieve. That's not what we're saying. Everybody grieves at their own pace and their own timing and from their own experience. Yeah. Change will come. You know, I think a lot of us live in this fantasy that things will stay the same. We, we really do get comfortable and we have our routines and we, you know, we're like that, that man or that lady in church. We come in and we sit in that same seat and the, the usher better not ask you to move or slide over. That's bad. That's bad because now we can't adapt. We are unable to adjust, which is all life is about which is all a marriage, all relationships is about adapting and adjusting to new circumstances. This- and so now I'm thinking about that married couple who was saying, oh my God, Dr. Day, this relates to me. I am afraid of change in my marriage and, and it's causing havoc. How do I begin to move forward? What is the very first immediate step that I need to do to kind of, to, to move in the right direction of beginning this change process? Well, depending on where you are in this, right? So if you and your spouse are fighting and you're having this revelation now, say, hey, babe, listen. Was listen to Dr. J and his wife or say I was thinking and let it be clear that, you know what? I don't want to fight about this anymore. And this is why. If you've been wrestling with yourself, Just take a pause and accept where you are. Now, what are you afraid of changing? Again, when we perceive change as gaining, it's not so scary. Yes, there is some fear in that. But, you know, like when you're walking down the aisle about to get married, for those of you who are married, or if you see that guy, you see that girl and you're about to go walk up to them, you have a little bit of fear, a little bit of anxiety. But you do it anyways. You do it anyways. Everybody hesitates at one point or another when they think about getting married. But when they think about this new person that's coming into their life and how they're going to bless and enhance their life, they double down and they commit to this marriage, to this relationship. It's true because oftentimes if you view it as something that you're losing, you know, I'm losing um, myself as a person instead of saying, you know what, this marriage will enhance me in a positive way by having a life partner Mm -hmm. that I can enjoy the rest of my life with. It all depends on how you view it. Right. And And so everything goes back to your thinking and your belief. It's a mindset. Every time you've thought of change as gaining and benefiting It's less scary. It's about the stories we tell ourselves as it relates to change. And so, yeah, we can't predict everything. But if we believe that what's coming is better or just as good, then you'll be okay. So then I think to our listeners, one of the things I would ask you to do is what when you think about your relationship, what fear is being manifested 
so that you're not truly experiencing that love in that relationship. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and I guess you can call that the homework for this this week. What are those fears? What are those fears? Perhaps your fears are exactly as we've outlined in today's episode. Or you have that fear as a wife, um, not bearing being able to bear or get pregnant or you may be that spouse that has a low sperm count and you have that fear of letting your wife down but now not allowing her dreams of being pregnant or you all having a baby come true yeah there's so many other fears that come about in marriage yeah or the fear of the ability to actually trust you and Those things are all very uh, real possibilities, okay? Um, But what I must add, though, is a large majority of the things that we worry about and are afraid of, I read somewhere that it's as much as 98%, right? So 98%, give or take, of the things that we worry about or are afraid of, never happen. They never happen. But we, if they are a fear that you hold, be it the fears that we listed today, uh, fear of commitment, fear of getting hurt, fear, fear of, of change, change, whatever the fears may be, you do not, I repeat, do not want to ignore them. They are worthy of a conversation with your spouse, potential mate, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, whatever the case is. And if it's too scary to to have on your own, please go see professional help. Because what happens is if we let that that fear marinate in your thoughts, they're going to manifest in some way because you're not talking about it. Oh, and then they just grow bigger and bigger. Bigger. They just they just take over your marriage. And so now you have this fear based marriage where everything you do is out of fear. You know, Herdine and I, we joke. Well, I joke. She doesn't like it. Or I say, if anyone's going to hurt me, it's going to be Herdine. Simply because I am at a place where I've committed myself to her. Okay. Anybody else, you're going to have to creep up on me. <laughs> you're going to have to catch me when I'm not looking. Uh-huh. But if anybody's going to hurt me, it's going to be her dean because I am not worried about these things. Now, does that mean they will never happen? No. Her dean may say something about my shoes and hurt my feelings. Or she might say something about, you know, my 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 fresh haircut or my beard. Oh, Lord. And hurt my feelings. And I might have to tell her. I don't like it, but we'll get through that. We'll get through it. So anything you want to tell the people, babe, before we sign off? I think the most important thing is marriage is a beautiful thing if you really apply and begin to remove the walls of fear. And it's not going to happen overnight. It may take time. You maybe have this conversation. You will have this conversation more than once with your partner. But the ability to communicate with your partner about the fear, 
oh my god that is so amazing yeah those couples that are able to communicate about their fears with their partner without the fear of being judged by their partner i think oftentimes we want to have this i'm perfect in front of my partner no boo I want to let you know that I am imperfect, but with you and I, especially me as an individual working on the things that I need to work on, the beautiness of it will come together. Yeah. And if you're in a relationship and you have a spouse who is sharing some of these fears, help yourself and the relationship out by using some empathy. Yeah. Okay. Don't be that person that says, the hell are you afraid of you're ridiculous ain't nothing to be afraid of while you may have an argument for saying there's nothing to be afraid of it doesn't matter it doesn't matter but you sh- and, and i'm gonna piggyback off what jay said you want to have show empathy and how you show empathy by truly trying to understand that person's fear mm. and a, not minimize it yeah at a minimum at a minimum, you do not want to be dismissive or condescending because guess what? You don't have to understand their fear because it's their fear. It's not yours. Just be that person that is a place, an ear, an arm, a safe place for them to have this conversation. I was conversation. just about to say that. You want to be a spouse that provide a safe place for your spouse because if they're not telling you, who are they going to tell? And yeah. it's just going to build up. Yeah, you want to be a refuge for your spouse. And so, folks, if you have more questions, we'd like to hear it. Perhaps we can either answer those questions or point you in the direction of someone who can. Continue to connect with us via social media on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Or just go to the website, mercierwellness.com. There you will find everything you need. I did mean to mention before we sign off that our reach continues to grow and we are now being heard in Hungary. Wow. Hungary. Whoever you are, much love to you. Thank you. Share with your friend, your homegirls, your homeboys. And that way we continue to spread the love and the education. Once again, you can find us on social media at The Wife Mentor or Dr. Jameson Mercier. So don't hesitate to reach out. Thank you guys for listening. And we'll catch you next time on another episode of The Couples Council. Ciao for now. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to our mom and dad. If you like them as much as we do, then click subscribe and leave a comment. But now they have to go because it's family time. So go practice what you heard and we'll catch you on the next episode.